Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Going back to NXT, baby, because he's better than you. I would have come up, to be honest, I would have come up with a better intro there, but I didn't know Tempest had hit the go live button and I saw the three second bit. Usually yep. I can come up with a good little intro spiel, but uh, thank you. I did ask you to press it. You just, you never said that you had. Well, there's a big screen just off camera here that's there's got a, a camera nine. in the way. Yeah, anyway. I'm going to advise you not to make the same mistake that uh, others have made on this desk, which is you're sitting here because we have other cameras set up for a different show that we have shot that don't look into your camera in this no. podcast, as tempting as it might be. It's not like a reaction camera. So no. I can talk camera A, camera B. This is camera not the a, office. Camera B. Um, well, yeah, that t- that teaches me because I got comfortable with my Luke routine, but Luke's not here today. I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Tempest. Clink, clink. And uh, if you haven't already, please press the thumbs up button. Give us a subscribe. Go down below in the comment section and tell us what you thought of this new era of AEW Dynamite while we get on. We're, oh, and also, I'm out of sorts. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Send in your Omega, Omega chats, chats there. And we'll read out every single one of them over five US dollars before the end of the show. But we're going to start today's review with... We, we we discussed talking vibes, and I'm sure we'll get into the vibes of the whole yes. episode. Feels like a return to another time of AEW. Very coherent, well-structured, everything-entwining show. Very exciting throughout. Mm. A lot of uh, very interesting new direction that we'll be getting into. A good show overall. But we talked about would we come up with a topic that was more broad and talk about the vibe of the show? Or do we want to hone in on one of the more exciting things on this show? And we have decided that we indeed want to talk about the direction for the AEW World Championship and the budding rivalry of MJF and Samoa Joe. A rivalry over eight years <laughs> in the making. Yeah, with, with one very, very tiny start long gap mm-hmm. and now 
Saturday, uh, Sunday night. So this was off of the all-out pay-per-view. MJF and Adam Cole had successfully retained their ROH tag team titles. They're walking to the back, but Max's neck is really badly hurt. Samoa Joe comes out for his ROH TV title match and shoves MJF in the exact same way that he did to Max when Max was an extra accompanying Joe to the ring back in NXT all those years ago. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2, which was seven years ago. Fact check myself. Sorry. Uh, and MJF, like what I love about his character, um, even though he's a babyface now, he still has a lot of those insecurity issues. He holds a lot of grudges, uh-huh. doesn't he? So anyone shoving him, of course, he's a world champion, he would be angry. But that it was Joe who probably sent Max back to another time, mm-hmm. which he probably wants to forget and move past. And being reminded that that makes Max even angrier. He sees Red, he runs down, he tries to go for Joe, even though he's got no neck to speak of, really. Joe kills him. <clears throat> and then here, MJF comes out to... you <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> choked up. Seeing Samoa Joe in fighting yeah. form. To first... Uh, be a super baby face Mm -hmm. getting those indiana cheap pops yeah he loves the midwest now he does (laughs) he lived there for a time so he says and who am i to doubt him but he tells the truth on this show but then he also started talking about new york i thought that was quite heelish a little bit is everybody everybody else doesn't doesn't like new york yeah i don't think you talk about anywhere else other than the place you're in if you're going full blue eyed baby face i know what he's trying to yeah. do because it's like you kind of have to when it's arthur ash you know those things are very synonymous with aew but yeah mjf being like and i get to go home to long island adjacent where everybody is known that that's my one baby face town yeah. and now they're all baby face towns <laughs> Do you think they'll boo him in Long Island? That would be so funny. Be weird. It's like, you're not a scumbag anymore. You turned your back <laughs> on us. You're everybody else's scumbag. <laughs> you cheated. Uh, so he talks about the tournament leading up to that, which will crown the number one contender for his belt. And he goes to call out Joe, but before he can even say the name, out comes the Simone submission machine. Joe feels revived. Mm-hmm. Like there's been a few times in his AEW run when you're like, that's old Joe. I'm not talking NXT Joe because looking back, I think we can all agree it was mid. But ROH, Parts of it. some bits of TNA Joe, that that two-month period on the main roster of WWE, Joe Prime. Yeah, the clip that everyone likes to share around Twitter of him running down all the members of that Elimination Chamber match. Stop sharing that clip on Twitter. Yeah, share the better clip of Joe's best moment, which is Poncho Joe. Punch Joe. Punch Joe at WrestleMania. Yeah. This really felt like a proper, I don't want to say return to form necessarily, because he is good when he's on TV. Samoa Joe's just not on TV enough. Yeah, he yeah. kind of has been this summer in the punk feud, but otherwise there are such large gaps in Samoa Joe's dynamite and AEW as a whole exposure, whether that be because of him going off and filming things or what have you. We've never gotten a chance to just get invested into a major storyline with Samoa Joe. And this is one of the first times and they're giving us a lot to work with right off the bat. Yeah. It's not just, He's got the TNT title, which I thought was the last great bit of Joe, yeah. him and Darby. Him and Darby's matches. one of the best feuds yeah. he's ever had, I think. But then, like, character-wise, story-wise, there wasn't much there. It was just 
good heel matches. versus uh, good guy. But this, yeah, like you said, this is very character heavy. As a lot of Max's stuff is, he does. He's got such a fleshed out character. Whoever he works with has to bring a load to the table as mm -hmm. well. Um, and Joe is just like relishing the opportunity. He keeps on coming back to what's your problem, kid, yeah. in this promo. Says it like three times, uh, calls him kid. And Max makes a couple of fat jokes. Uh, perhaps he came out here so fast because he confused my entrance music for an ice cream truck. Mm -hmm. Samoa Joe then said, the last time I was chasing after an ice cream truck, it was in NXT? No, 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 no. This, is, this was a Twisted Metal uh, reference. The show he's in yeah. with the mask and everything. Yeah, yeah. He's in an ice cream truck. He's in truck. an ice cream truck. Yeah. But then he said on the, the biggest, biggest show, show on the the other, other company's network. I hear network yeah. as an English person. <laughs> and we don't have networks over here. They're like channels. Mm -hmm. uh, so network is is very streaming platform for me. I'm here I to hear, help you put the puzzles together. I honestly googled samoa joe nxt ice cream truck <laughs> for, for a while Thinking was this I, an nxt 2.0 segment yeah. i didn't hear about or just something on the main roster i was like what what happened i know the car park's quite dangerous mm -hmm. maybe there was just like or a comedy thing that joe destroyed and i just kept on getting these sweet tooth yeah. pictures i was like but that's 2023 yeah so now i understand thank you thank you very much i thought he was making a reference to wwe <laughs> Not that they didn't do that. That came later. Um, go back and forth with just jabs. And Max lost it. I, d I don't know if this was an ad lib from Joe because they were making fun of each other's penis sizes. Mm -hmm. And Joe, they started chanting tiny dick at Joe. And Joe said to MJF something, uh, a sort of circumcision-based joke. Yeah. And MJF fired out of the corner. I thought he was going to fire back on like the last kid. But maybe he used that as a time to to sort of push forward. Mm -hmm. And there was a F.U. Joe chant. And it's like that was the moment for me where MJF's face changed and he turned into, oh, I'm seriously pissed off now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I It was funny because <clears throat> you have MJF who has great comedic timing and can flip a switch. And there are a lot of guys in AEW. We were talking about, you know, Brian Cranston and Breaking Bad yeah, earlier yeah, yeah. today in the office because Pete's watching that show for the first time. And he was talking about the switch that mm. you can have Walter White go from, you know, a, a sickly middle-aged man who would garner sympathy if you saw mm. him to the most intimidating fellow you've ever seen. And it is that, that flip of the switch that you get in some of these really good promo segments with people who have great comedic timing mm -hmm. and then also are able to turn it and be a big time main event top level superstar like MJF who can go from insulting Samoa Joe's dick size <laughs> to then turn around and be like, okay, I was playing around. I'm not playing around anymore. I also thought he was going to snap on the next time Samoa Joe said kid. I thought the segment was going to end by Samoa Joe calling him kid yeah. or something like that. But they never quite got back to it for a fourth time. But Wait, so he changed the kid to bitch, which is, you know, quite the WWE way of yeah. well, that's the go home line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Joe went. Um, sorry, not Joe. MJF went more serious after that. There was an FU Joe chant. And Joe said, a lot of you are sounding like your mothers right now. So. Don't, I don't think quite... too hard about it. 
Don't think too hard about it. The emotion, the emotion feels threatening. (laughs) But actually, yeah, okay, I want, I Mm -hmm. would want my mum to say "f off, Joe" in that Mm -hmm. scenario. Um, But then MJF used this to do story time with Maxwell Jacob Freeman, baby, and he went through his NXT story. He mentioned William Regal and that he sent him packing to NXT, punched him so hard, and Joe, you're next. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was a fun, fun line. I like that, well, I like for a lot of reasons the involvement of William Regal as a character because in AEW canon, MJF basically killed William Regal. (laughs) (laughs) He punched him so hard, sent him to the hospital, he was never seen again, right? So in AEW canon, I like to think that MJF wiped William Regal off the face of the earth. Well, now canon is he's... He's back in NXT. It's the first time I think Mm. they've really acknowledged that part, but... It is fun to me seeing this character, MJF, who every time he tells a story of some sort, you know that it is based in truth. Mm. You can, if you care enough to, go back and find the the post he was talking about when CM Punk inspired him to be a pro wrestler and everything. Posted the picture of Brian and Punk in front of the WrestleMania 28 sign. Whether it be that one or the Adam Cole post. Or the, the story that he told about William Regal sending him the email. Or now, something that we know to be true, just from having seen it, the MJF Samoa Joe thing. And it's so good to me to pull from stuff that the fans can look at as being fact and then just layer character development on top of it. It's what wrestling used to be, where I will tell you the the truth about A, B, and C, so that when we go into a little bit of the work stuff with D, you're more inclined to go with us. It's just such an effective way to tell stories, and MJF does it better than anybody right now. Yeah, I can't think of anyone else who's so who's so sort of faithful to his own character arc, Mm -hmm. and he really minds his own... Uh, sort of personal history for these interactions with yeah. um, what do you say, other wrestlers. I mean, who uh, have you gone through his Twitter or anything? I have not recently. Through? But it is funny to to think about just you look at all these things and with how much Max thinks about pro wrestling, yeah. how much work he's put in, you have to imagine he's been cutting these promos on yeah. Samoa Joe in the mirror for seven years. <laughs> you know, right. thinking about what he's going to say, that attention to detail, mm-hmm. that level of extra thought put into all these potential rivalries. Yeah. I don't know if he ever thought he'd be able to get in the ring with a CM Punk, Adam Cole, Samoa Joe, William Regal, but I have no doubt that he has thought about what he would say to each of those people in a pro wrestling context and getting to see that it's just this all working out for MJF better than I'm sure he ever even thought he, it could. Mm. Well, we're, we're fantasy booking people all the time. Yeah. I bet those people also fantasy yeah. book what they can do. The ones that really love it and just get yeah. in the car and talk about wrestling yeah. all day after the show. So MJF told that particular story with the Joe uh, one at NXT when he was 19. Um, the, the the crowd was so into Max, by the way. He's Hot our scumbag yeah. chance. Um, and he said, stay out of my way or I'm going to kill you to Joe. And it got a, I think it was a Maxwell's going to kill yeah. you, which is ironic. Um, and Joe then replied, so threatening. Like Joe's presence in all of this, just standing there, not really moving, grinning. Just badass Joe. Yeah. And he, <coughs> he said, I didn't think of you as a 19-year-old kid. I thought of you 
as a little bitch. <laughs> and it's just Joe trying to provoke Max into hitting him. And uh, Max does at that point. But then Joe was like, I'm going to beat everyone in the tournament and that's when I'm going to come for you. Mm-hmm. So have a nice day. And MJF, like an idiot, turned his back on him and walked out the ring. Mm-hmm. Low blow using the ropes from Joe, beats him up for a bit, goes for the muscle buster, which is like, I didn't even think of that in relation to Max's injury, which it his neck injury from all in, which he's selling so much that you see the promo graphic in the corner earlier on in yeah. this episode. Even in the promo graphics, they flash up on screen. We'll hear from MJF later. He's holding his neck. Yep. That is brilliant. <laughs> Why don't more people do that? I've never, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Not quite like that. Like a selling face in your yeah. promo graphic, I think is fantastic. It's it's different from like Roddy Strong having the neck brace, yeah, yeah. like having a prop to do it as opposed to just being like, ooh. Because yeah, the, the muscle buster is the move that put Roddy Strong out with this neck injury. Yeah. It was a muscle buster like on a chair mm. and everything. I didn't even think of that, yeah. But it's very clearly a move tailored to go after this storyline beat, which is oh so tasty. Mm. I cannot wait for that. And I love how a lot of the times in pro wrestling beatdown segments, you don't really get to see a back and forth unless it kind of starts that way. Like if somebody gets jumped, they very often won't get the upper hand then. But Samoa Joe grabbed the AEW World Championship and held it high. And boy, does it look good on him. Just yeah, one yeah. Side. <laughs> But he, he holds it up high and MJF gives him a low blow mm-hmm. and is able to get a little bit more fire. They do this really well in AEW. I thought it last year when Ricky Starks had the back and forth with MJF mm. and he got to stand tall after MJF kicked him in the nuts and that sort. But here... It's the Uranagi out of the corner that puts MJF down and then he's really selling his neck. And then you get your chance to have him fight back get his champion fire, but also have Samoa Joe be the underhanded one and target the injury. Mm. This was a very well put together segment, I thought. Uh, So Adam Cole runs down to chase Samoa Joe off, of course, history between those two Mm -hmm. guys as well. And Cole is so good as an actor like as a baby face actor. It's like when, you know, like when uh, El Generico becomes Sami Zayn. Right. You're like, oh my God, you're this mute guy and you can talk so well. Adam Cole is a concerned baby face. is like probably one of the best things he can do performance wise. Um, but then Max is selling at the neck as well. Just Joe in, in general being a badass. And he's like, Joe's on the ramp going, what's up, kid? You don't look so good. You don't look so good, kid. And then he goes away, and I'm like, okay, well, that's we're safe now. And then Alan, it's like he came back to find a mic. Yeah. And he said, oh, by the way, you're a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. It, it, felt, it felt chaotic. It felt chaotic. It felt real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you just got to, like, give me a mic. I got to say one more <laughs> thing. Bitch. And that's it. That's all he had left to say. Oh, I love this segment wholeheartedly. So we'll we'll get into the chats quite quickly. This is a really strange episode to review because honestly, every segment kind of in, interweaves. Mm-hmm. Into interweaves. That's not a word. Intertwined. Intertwines. Interweaves. Whatever. With what came next, it flowed so wonderfully. So right after the back of that, 
we get Adam, uh, we get Roderick Strong oh, coming down. No! Is that his entrance music now? It might as well be. So it's just him yelling at Adam, and he's got his neck brace on, and he is just really angry with Adam Cole because Adam Cole is looking after Max's neck, which mm-hmm. is genuinely hurt. And as we found out with the whole match, <laughs> Roderick Strong would wrestle next. His neck injury might not be as serious. No, somehow I don't. If, if they really wanted to commit, he should have wrestled in the neck brace and done like a, you can't have him beat somebody credibly, yeah. so I get why they didn't do it. <laughs> but I love this, like, my neck, my neck's the one that's hurt. Gets in the ring, let me just take this yeah, off, yeah, wrestle yeah. home match, then put it back on. So you've got this Grand Slam tournament. Meltzer was... Uh, a bit annoyed about the lineup. And I totally understand what he's Mm. talking about. This is a world championship tournament. You should have all the people, all the top stars gunning for it. So Takeshita's just beaten Omega. Sure. Hangman Page, he won the Rumble, the the Royale. He should be in this. Um, You know, there's a number of big names missing. Yeah. I didn't really think of that because I'm just, I'm so invested in how many different stories they've got going on here. I think it really does come down to Roddy or Joe, because those I think are the that's ones. The final too. God, that's a weird match to have as a final. Heel versus heel. Yeah, but maybe you could do something. Maybe Roddy doesn't make it to the final, and instead mm. the final is Samoa Joe and Darby. Yeah, as another that, match uh, to yeah. like you know look back on the ones they've had and and everything. It, ke- like it keeps it from being a heel versus heel match. And if maybe Cole costs Roddy mm-hmm. somehow, maybe yeah. accidentally the quarterfinal. Semi-final, sorry. Uh, That's another name. I thought Adam Cole was definitely going to be in this tournament. Yeah. I don't know. But whatever. Like, you know, it's still remarkable in how many stories that are interlinked that are in this tournament. Yeah. It feels like a proper large novel of a chapter. It's interesting how different the AEW tournaments are in that regard. Mm. Like, there are some where... They pile on the top big, big names like, you know, a couple years ago when it was Brian and it was Mox and it ended up being Miro and a lot of the top level guys were then last year. The Eliminator Tournament was, okay. this is kind of like the mid card Eliminator Tournament to set up a first challenger and ended up being Ricky Starks who did it and then stepped up and had a good match. But the quality of these tournaments has tended to vary a little bit like This year's Owen Hart Cup wasn't given as much reverence as Mm -hmm. last year's Owen Hart Cup, whereas this little Grand Slam tournament we've got, I think is pretty good. I don't think, I don't think AEW is ever going to put all the top stars in an eight-man tournament, like Malachi Black's not in this Mm -hmm. thing. He's, we learned recently just by looking at it that he hasn't had a singles match in over a year, so it's not really surprising anymore, but... There are guys that you could put in these spots over someone like Jeff Hardy, for sure. That's but coming I, from you. And that's coming from me. I like the promo he cut in his little backstage. Too. That like, wasn't bad, yeah. Yeah, but I feel like I am just kind of like, this is one of the things that AEW does where I'm just like, okay, I'm not going to waste my breath getting upset about this thing that I just know is how they do it, so... Didn't bother me too much, but I'm still super invested mm. in this tournament, given that you have a potential winner on both sides. Yeah. I feel like, uh, especially for the a lot of this show and the vibes, it's making me really excited for Grand Slam. Yeah. And I, th- I, I feel like it's not predictable, but I like it when I can see a basic 
coherent path forward. Absolutely. And a lot of these, a lot of the segments and matches on this episode were all serving that purpose of the next three weeks is about this. Yeah. And I really, really like that focus. Um, considering like that that's been something i felt that's been lacking this it's year. been one of the things in aew that i wish that they would get in the habit of doing <laughs> where i liked how they would in wwe announce a pay-per-view card three weeks out yeah. and then you're not waiting until the week of to finalize things where it's like well maybe it'll be a singles maybe it'll be a trios maybe it'll be a tag match we don't really know what this card's gonna be what am i going to see at the show let me know so yeah. i can get excited for specific matches and this felt like an episode where it's like oh i see where mm. we're going for a lot of these different matches and i'm i don't usually feel that way very refreshing yeah. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah. 
Well, uh, I've just realised that Holly has logged into this Discord, so I can't access the, <laughs> the, um, the Omega Chats. That's so over to you. Fine. Please get in your Omega Chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Read out every single one over five US dollars. Over to you, Tempest. Yes, Matt Hennessy says, This was a great dynamite and a return to form for the product. Excited for either Joe or Roddy to fight Max for the gold. Glad to see Adam Page being a main focus again after he's been playing second fiddle to Phil last year. Mm. Excited for the for the Swerve feud. We'll get to that, oh, yeah. but I wholeheartedly agree. I'm super duper excited about that. Uh, Andy Sandbox says, fun show. Thought it was a well-paced episode. I'm very interested to see how things flow between all the shows over the next few weeks. Joe fits like a puzzle, a perfect puzzle piece and an alliteration there in this MJF story, considering he is who hurt Roddy to begin with yeah. many plot hooks. Agreed. All throughout this episode, there were things that were just like, that is neat. Mm-hmm. Like Hangman Page, Swerve Strickland. I was like, okay, yeah, this is cool because I like both guys. And then when Brian Cage attacks Page at the end, yep. and it's like, well, you've got Cage Page 3 next week, and they were the last two in the battle. Ro- I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. I've, I now see what you've been working on. I, I, yeah, really good episode for that. It was the show coming into focus when you mm-hmm. put that piece in. Mm-hmm. Really good stuff. Gaz Gengar says, is Joe potentially predictably winning the Grand Slam tournament to uh, going to ruin programming around it for the next two weeks? I, I don't. I, there's, there's predictable. There's predictability, mm-hmm. which is, you know, sometimes that's fine. You know, certain characters and movies are going to survive. Sure. Just like how, you know, certain characters are going to end up being the big bad guy. Uh, you know, Spider-Man one or two, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you know what's going on there with Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Uh, but the here, I don't think it's as clear cut as Joe winning. I think, like we said, it could definitely be Roderick Strong. You save Joe for a pay-per-view program. Plus, I'm so into all the characters and storylines around the tournament. Doesn't matter as much to me. I think there are. <laughs> It might be that the outcome of it is predictable, mm-hmm. but I think how we get there is still very much up in the air. Yeah. I could very much see Nick Wayne turning heel and costing Darby Allen a match. I don't know that I would do it personally, yeah. but I could see that happening. I could see there being an AR Fox element in that whole aspect of the tournament. Either way, we don't know if Rotary's Rotary Rotary's Rotary Strong Wadwick Strong <laughs> is going to get to the final, or if he's going to lose to Darby. Uh-huh. There are different ways for this tournament to go that I think keep the intrigue level up, even if the the winner is uh, a bit more predictable. Uh, Spencer Trainer has been a member for four months in a row. Saying, hey, lads, back again for an amazing dynamite. Love to see Emmy Sakura, Joe, and MJF. Holy crap, Paige and Swerve, and Darby murdering Nick Wayne. Mm. You can tell there are a lot of things to enjoy on this mm. show. Do a couple more before we get into the rest of the show. Matt Hennessy also says, the one disappointment is, it feels like we are never getting the Swerve versus Keith Lee match. They've been feuding since last year, but TK keeps having Swerve feud with other people like Paige and Darby, while Lee is stuck teaming with Dustin. See, I disagree, because they've not been feuding since last year. (laughs) They haven't been feuding hardly at all. I've made peace with it. Yeah, it's just not happening. I've moved on. Does I mean once they did the blind eliminator tournament thing and Swerve and Keith Lee were back together, mm-hmm. broke up again and still didn't do anything, I was like, nah, that was my last shot. Yeah. I'm not I'm not caring anymore. 
Uh, Ronan C says, I know as wrestling fans we are supposed to suspend disbelief, but why is Nick Wayne a lad with zero singles wins in a world title eliminator? Surely you can tell the Darby story without putting him in the tournament. I suppose, yeah. but very rarely have like these type of tournaments required any sort of qualification. You know, like I get the argument for sure, mm -hmm. but it's a way to do this match. It was a, I think it was a deal where they wanted to have that match while not turning either one of them mm -hmm. and having it happen in a babyface versus babyface manner and giving them a solid enough reason to have to fight each other. I think this is probably the best way to do that. And we got a good match out of it. So, yeah, I yeah. agree with both there. It, yeah. it doesn't make sense. Uh, like AR Fox getting the shot at Moxley when he's just uh, apparently he's lost, uh, I think, something like 11 out of 12 matches he's had. That sounds right. But he's right. had nine championship matches. <laughs> well, I'd like to think that at the very least, like the international championship and stuff, those are very much like the open challenge. Yeah. Doesn't matter your win loss record type titles, but. Hey ho! I think we'll get into the rest of your Omega chats at the end of the show. So make sure you continue to send them in wrestletalk.com forward slash support, and we will get in all of the ones that are five US dollars and above before the end of the show. So the uh, the show opened with Orange Cassidy, like it used to loads before <laughs> but he had an international title to defend on those other occasions but this time he just comes down to the ring everyone's cheering him because he has just gone from here to here to here to here to here mm -hmm. over the course of the year he's the man and he i pretty much got his entire promo here because it was very succinct they told me to stay home i said no championship or no championship i'll be here every week because i'm freshly squeezed orange cassidy I don't have a catchphrase. Well, he said it twice, so therefore he has a catchphrase. <laughs> and then he walks off. But beautifully, Mox's music then hits, and we get a a three-screen thing where mm -hmm. we've got a replay of the pay-per-view of Moxley beating Cassidy. We've got Moxley making his entrance, and then you've got Cassidy just standing there, back to Moxley, listening to his entrance music, which is the last thing he would have heard. Yeah. Wrestling ring and it's because mox beat him and cassidy's just standing there he's got the shades so you can't see what's behind those eyes i mean even if you took them off i don't i wouldn't be crying he's freshly squeezed orange cassidy but that deadpan expression is so important people always say this about buster keaton it's there for you to project your own emotions mm. onto. and seeing cassidy just stand there not giving any performance. You know, Nick Wayne would be the opposite end of this spectrum who gives you everything he's feeling. You, you fill in the blanks. And that that is the key for Cassidy in the last couple of months for me. He is all show, no tell. Mm -hmm. And people have just realized, oh my God, you are so much more than just a comedy wrestler. Beneath your character, inside your character, is a core that is incredibly hardworking. Yeah. That will never quit. Yet you tell everyone and act like you're incredibly lazy. I just, that blows my mind. One of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah. Unbelievable. I am so invested in this guy mm. and what happens over the course of the next year for him. I would love, absolutely love to see him go the way of like 
Shinsuke Nakamura with the IWGP Intercontinental Championship, mm. where the International Championship is his world title. Yeah. He can win a, an Eliminator tournament or whatever and go like, respectfully, uh. I want that <laughs> belt. Yeah, that's great. And it doesn't have to be like, he doesn't necessarily have to be the, the next champion, win the belt back in a few months or anything like that. This can be a journey mm. for him. But when he wins that title back, it's going to mean so much more than when he won it the first time because of everything yeah. that's happened. I can see that promo now. So he won the tournament. Um, you're going to be facing MJF at Grand Slam. Just say Grand Slam. Uh, how, how's it feel? He goes, nah, I'm, uh, I'm going to go for Moxley. <laughs> that's so good yeah. um, so Moxie came out and he had a match against AR Fox open challenge uh, it was it was pretty much an enhancement match sort of went five six minutes I thought Fox got loads in actually mm -hmm. I was surprised considering you know there's rumours of heat uh, on him because he couldn't travel to Wembley and they even formed uh, management of that quite late which caused that whole programme to have to be changed but yeah, it was it was a bit, bit more back and forth, and Moxley eventually won, of course, with a, a Death Rider. Good, solid stuff. You yeah. know, gets Moxley's title reign off on a good note. I like just having championship matches like this open up the show. I like having an open challenge championship. I think it makes for good TV. Every single week gives you a little bit of like flavor of the week mm -hmm. type stuff where every match is a little bit different. I think this is a good start. I do worry about where AR Fox is going to be going. Personally, I was very, very excited for his run with yeah, Swerve. Yeah. And then what happened, happened. I wasn't, in, I wasn't reviewing that show, but I would have been real cross. Because <laughs> I think there's some, some BS what, how that all went down. Uh, but it will remain to be seen. I think what happens with Darby and Nick Wayne is going to, you know, kind of decide the direction of AR Fox's next few months and everything. I just worry about him getting lost in the shuffle. I, the Fox thing was bad, very bad for Fox. I think it, it has ruined, not ruined, but it's, it's really undermined the Darby Nick stuff as well. A little bit. Because Fox assaulted Nick. Oh, it was basically an attempted murder. Yeah, and smashed his father's photo in his family home. And Darby's like, no, it's all cool. We we fight sometimes and we get back together. And Nick Wayne's just there like, okay. And I don't think it makes Darby look good. No. And I, I, th I don't think it makes Nick Wayne look good. So I'm just trying, like, when I try and enjoy the show, I'm just trying to remove this. Yeah. The Fox is in this equation. Because uh, the, the Nick Wayne Derby stuff is pretty decent. Um, but, uh-oh, there's a guy with uh, a formerly past father backstage, and Derby's gone to help Fox in the ring. So Christian comes up to Nick Wayne and, well, offers him to be his new protege. Mm-hmm. So you think Nick could turn heel? I think there is every chance oh. that Nick Wayne goes with Christian Cage. That would he sh like that is a real booking calamity because you I it probably would be the best thing for him at this point but that means you ruined this this tailor made blue eyed baby face who's 18 years old and you could just let him have a couple of year run that it's not something i particularly care for but that would get mega over yeah listen i i have been the 
biggest supporter of Nick Wayne around here for a long, long time. Look at my awesome things you missed from 2022 <laughs> list that I did last year. One of those things is Nick Wayne getting the contract and everything. I've been yeah. following this guy for a long time. He's fantastic. I'm a big fan. I think that he is someone that, of course, he's still young. He's working out the performance side of it a little bit for TV. But I have full faith that he could mm. pull off being a great baby face. I just worry that because this storyline has been screwed to high heaven, that might be the next mm. best option at this point. Yeah. Like putting him with Christian consistently, I think would benefit most people because <laughs> he's so good. I don't know what they do necessarily, but I'd give it a chance because I want to see Nick Wayne succeed seen the clip that's been going around with christian where he's taking a photo i have seen young this girl, yes and the young girl has a little replica aw belt and he picks it up off her shoulder and puts it on his <laughs> shoulder <coughs> but afterwards he smiles and gives it back yeah they should have cut, ah. uh, cut the camera right there and um, chris statlander then had a open challenge tbs title open challenge which i, I was like oh cool yeah international open challenge mm -hmm. tbs open challenge this isn't the usual spot for the women either so I was excited. I thought maybe we'll get two women's. We didn't. Um, it was Emmy Sakura. Crazy. It was Emmy Sakura in heel mode, or at least badass mode. Mm -hmm. No Freddie Mercury stuff. Uh, decent, decent match. They didn't really get a great deal of time, and Statlander won. It was a sprint, and I saw Ibu from Russell Pierce, who I tend to shout out on like every show mm -hmm. at this point. Uh, good opinions, that guy. Give him a follow. Um, this was a good example of matches having different layouts on a show because you will very often see AEW shows have lots of matches that have, you know, big move, kick out, big move, kick out, go back and forth. And then somebody wins and it makes some of those kickouts and near falls and everything mean a little bit less because it's done kind of arbitrarily. Mm -hmm. Whereas this was a completely differently paced match. Yeah. Just giving it a different flavor compared to all the other matches on the show where no one thought Emmy Soccer was going to win this match. Let's be real. But she was able to go in there, maximize her minutes, go in full sprint, mm -hmm. be really aggressive and badass, and then lose. And then if you want to have her wrestle another match down the line, it sets her up to do yeah, that yeah. in a more believable fashion. Uh, we got Roderick Strong in a video package after this. I loved this. This was so much... So we've heard his story before. I remember there was a video package about it in NXT. Yeah. He, he had a hell of a early life mm -hmm. period where his mother was a drug addict. His father was an alcoholic. And he, you know, he says in this promo package that he used to fall asleep with a BB gun. Like, oh, my God, that's awful. Yet he delivered all this in a, a way that was meant to manipulate Adam Cole yeah. into coming back to him. You know, you know that promo package that Jericho did like the first month of Dynamite <laughs> where he was mocking Cody Rhodes' very heartfelt promo package ahead of their full gear match? Yes, and they had all the quotes and talking heads. Yeah, yeah I do remember that, yeah. It, it kind of reminded me of mm. something like that where it was delivered in almost a mocking, overly sympathetic way <laughs> to get you to dislike, but he's doing it for real? Yeah. I love Roderick Strong. I think this is like the best character work he's ever done. He is one of the most entertaining yeah. people on this show. And 
there are he's like a Kurt Angle yeah. in the sense that yeah. he's so good, so badass in the ring that he can make a fool of himself and be this like pathetic, you know, ex-girlfriend esque character and still be able to be okay and not have it be a burial <laughs> of him. This man is so awesome. And shout out to the kingdom as well behind him, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. They're sitting there on slightly elevated chairs and they're dressed. It looks like a Christmas card. Yeah. <laughs> and they just both reach forward and put their hands on his shoulders at the end. This was so well done. I love this act. Yeah. Uh, the Sex Gods took on Aussie Open. This was meant to be Jericho and Sammy Guevara putting the recent tension behind them. And I, for me, this was match of the night. I thought this was an awesome yeah. match. The people in the crowd were chanting, this is awesome. They really got mm -hmm. up for it. This was a good crowd anyway. But I thought this was definitely the best match. I'm a little perplexed. Not yeah. perplexed. I know what they're doing. But I'm a little like, I probably wouldn't be beating Aussie Open with a mm -hmm. team that can't get along. Aussie Open's like top three, four teams in the whole world, yeah. in my opinion. So I don't know that I would do that. But if you are going to do it, this is the best match you could hope for out of these guys. It was awesome. Yeah, so Jericho and Sammy were working together well at the start. They did a just a double suplex where they held up Carl Fletcher for a while and the crowd were going crazy. And then, then Jericho started to collide with Sammy. He did a, a crossbody on the outside and I think he knocked him off the apron as well at one point. Yeah. Some really great near falls in this as well. Um, like Jericho kicking out of a brain buster and and there was another one. There was a code breaker <sighs> for a near fall that I yeah, thought yeah. was the finish just with how Lady Oh, yeah, out. yeah. And um, at the end, though, Jericho got the win with the Judas elbow. They're celebrating. Sammy is annoyed, so he, he walks out, and he walks out through the crowd, Jey Uso style. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Don Callis is on commentary, by the way, for all of this. And Don approached Sammy last week. So we all thought Jericho and Don were getting back together, but maybe it's Guevara and Don. Which, uh, yeah, great match. The the Jericho stuff I'm not really interested in. Yeah, that's it, right? Like, it is a great match, but I also don't have a lot of interest in babyface Jericho. Yeah. It just, I don't know. It, it's It's very strange where we're at with Chris Jericho at this point. It's just uh, it's tough. It's think tough he, to figure out where I find where I land on him in general and seeing his stuff because it's often very good. Like his matches, he still got the sauce. Mm. You know, the Ishii match a year ago, most of his ROH title run, okay. the Osprey match. There's plenty of good matches to be had and everything. But I'm just struggling because I don't care about him as a character. Mm. You know, I think he needs a fuzzy tour. Three yeah. months, three months away. I was back. thinking about this earlier. Like he's been on AEW TV consistently for mm. four years. When was the last time he had a four year run in a wrestling promotion? It's like oh five <laughs> going backwards. Yeah. Before that, he had like at most a three year run. I suppose he's only working weekly. Yeah, which helps. Do that, yeah. But still, <clears throat> it feels like he's one of those guys where if he took some time off and came back and I'm going to go like, hey, we miss Chris Jericho, yeah. it might benefit him a bit. Ricky Starks got an excellent video package Holy following smokes. his Brian Danielson match at All Out. He was just screaming that he didn't tap out. Great stuff from Ricky. 
unbelievable. The exact sort of thing you wanted after a star-making match with Brian Danielson, with the star-making moment of like his Austin pass out yeah. in the sharpshooter esque thing, te- you know, passing out in the strap assisted label lock. Holy smokes! Like we all know this guy can talk, but very often it has sort of felt like he's very good at delivering the promo, but unless he has very specific Mm -hmm. things to work with, I don't remember his promos very much. Yeah. You know, like he had a lot to work with, with the MJF promo. He's had a lot to work with a time or two. Otherwise, this was one where you can tell he's just trying to get Mm -hmm. everything out right now. And it comes out in a promo like this. I can't wait to see him on collision or wherever he's going to be next. We all said, oh, well, one thing of Collision will be Ricky Starks will get elevated by working with CM Punk. CM Punk's the best thing for Ricky Starks. Mm-hmm. But I think now we can say, oh, actually CM Punk leaving when he did has really benefited what would have probably happened to Starks afterwards. Yeah. Just giving him another thing to be <laughs> pissed off and motivated about. I haven't felt like Ricky Starks has been that motivated yeah. as a character for much of the year. Like his feud with Juice Robinson and everything just kind of went on and we didn't really know why it was happening. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, I totally get his frustrations and why he's upset. So if he can channel that in another direction now, put him in a hot feud with somebody, I think he's going to do just fine. Don Callis and Takesh Jura backstage with Renee. They've got a painting under a uh, sort of... A, a cover, a drape. A, a drape. A drape. I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that painting apparently has their next target on, and they're going to reveal that next week. Who do you think it is? I have no earthly idea. Matt, I, I can see the segment going along the lines of Takestra and Donna in the ring. They're about to reveal it, but Kenny Omega attacks them. Right. Uh, if not, if, I mean, if Guevara's going to end up with them I don't know that's another one I I, I love Don Callis I think mm-hmm. his act with Takeshita has been amazing but now that they've had the match with Omega and Takeshita won clean it's like oh that's that's had all the heat out a little bit and I don't think it has helped that they kind of put Takeshita and everything on the back burner for much mm. of the summer oh yeah I mean that big promo segment where the nuclear heat after double or nothing was like I was oh my god this guy is going to be world champion by the end of the year he's incredible <laughs> this guy with this heat magnet manager behind him this is going to be amazing and then he just wasn't really ever showcased that much mm-hmm. he was Jericho's tag partner and whatever nothing really came of it and then we've had two great show like really great performances from him at all in and then all out with all out in particular being like the best we've seen of him in AEW yet and that mm-hmm. is a high bar So it does kind of now need something big. Like a lot of the guys on the AEW roster, if you told me they're going to be feuding with so-and-so, I'd be like, yeah, I bet it'll be good. No, I'll get excited for it. But this is one where I'm like really crossing my fingers that the person underneath that drape is going to be like a big name that'll have Mm -hmm. a great match, a match I'll really be excited for. Because if it's just kind of somebody that it's like, yeah, I think that could really start to pull Takeshita backwards. I mean, why wouldn't you just make an MJF? Right? And then all of a sudden, MJF, this ultimate baby face, he's been, te- he's been chased by Joe. Can he really trust Adam Cole? There's Roddy Strong in the mix. Mm-hmm. And now Takeshita and Don Callis are going after him as well? 
It'd be an interesting angle to take. Uh, speaking of, we then got the MJF Smurf Joe segment, which was awesome. And we already covered the bit where Roderick Strong comes out. And that was for his match against Trent Beretta. It was the opening match in the uh, tournament. And yeah, Roddy removes the neck brace at the start. Then has, this was like, maybe it's the Max effect. Because mm. Adam Cole pre-MJF, ugh, it wasn't quite clicking. Right. Even pre-injury, I think, like. You know, the Hangman Page feud wasn't quite clicking. I liked it, yeah. but it wasn't the the real powerful storyline driven thing that a lot of people were hoping it would be. Yeah. Roddy's the same. Mm-hmm. Like Roddy's been cool. And when he, you know, helped Adam Cole in the Jericho feud, that was really fun. But ultimately, he's just been kind of where Carl O'Reilly found himself before he got injured. He's just just a guy that pops up. But boom, the max effect. He's taking it to the max. That's Brand integration right there because that's, that's HBO's streaming service and Warner Bros. Discovery. Roddy, like you said earlier, is this great character and it is allowing him to wrestle a match. Maybe it's like because I'm more invested in it. Like I used to love Roddy Strong, yep. even though he's never been great on the mic. Um, like in the Ring of Honor days, 20, you know, 2008 or whatever to 2012 when I was really watching it, I was always like, Get this guy another championship run. Him with Truth Martini and mm-hmm. all that. Like, I just love watching him wrestle. The idea of the Messiah, of the backbreaker, 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 backbreaker. I love how he wrestles. And this felt like a return to those days, just like how Joe felt like a return to those days. It's bringing the best out in these performers. Might just be MJF. I mean, he is, he has a radius of you care about this person more because he is around MJF. Whether that be Cole, Joe, Roddy Strong, take anybody that he's been feuding with as of late. And they mean more while they are associated with MJF than they would otherwise. Granted, that's probably what you would want out of your world champion, but I think he does it better than most yeah, world yeah. champions. Mm. Yeah, I, d- I guess like the he had Darby, Sammy, and Jungle Boy in mm-hmm. that feud. And yeah, they felt so more relevant when they were working with him. Um, yeah. But yeah, great match. Roddy, there was, there was like a hurricane runner off the top rope that was reversed into a a kind of, what do you call it? Not cradle, but a pin. Yeah, yeah. Like, That was really good. Um, Trent's pile driver on Roddy with the neck, mm-hmm. just got the foot on the ropes. It was a real neck injury. Probably wouldn't even be able to do that. <laughs> but then Roddy won with his backbreaker and immediately put the neck brace on afterwards. Excellent work. Yeah. This is the kind of match I really enjoy seeing on Dynamite. Mm-hmm. I I like seeing Roderick Strong wrestle. When I was uh when I, I think I tweeted just like a list of names that Roderick Strong could wrestle when he showed up. And I'll be honest, like Trent wasn't on that list because it's all the, the tippy top guys in the roster. But he's such a good hand. Mm. He's such a good guy to slot into a match like this and just have an unbelievably fun TV match. Mm. He's a great TV wrestler. Yeah. Uh, Renee's backstage with Tony Storm. I've and... seen this clip so many times today. <laughs> it's come up like every other tweet on my timeline all day. I've had to hear a chin up, tits out, and watch for the shoes. Yeah, so uh, that's her new catchphrase. I I both find it very funny, but I'm not excited for loads and loads of guys to wear that on a t-shirt. Well, and yeah. and then 
sort of have to explain it to non-wrestling fans. It's the same thing with Sesame Daddy Ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, simply don't wear a wrestling shirt unless you get it from <laughs> WrestleShop.com. Uh, what do you think of Tony Storm's character? I absolutely adore it. Mm. I think this is the most interesting stuff we have seen in the women's division in a very long time outside of like quick little flashes here and there. Like I was really invested in Chris Statlander when she came back, still willing to be, but mm -hmm. haven't gotten a lot there. I think this is just so entertaining. She's so charismatic. She has great chemistry with Renee mm -hmm. as well yeah. in terms of just getting these backstage deals over. She's just such a star. Looking at that entrance at All In, I think that was one of the coolest entrances of the whole night. I think her matches are some of the best you see in the women's division, so it's very easy for me to get excited for those. Personally, she's always just been one of my favorite women's mm -hmm. wrestlers, full stop. So getting to see, like, really her put all of this together, I never really bought just, like, the mean girl outcast thing. Like, she did it serviceably, but it wasn't any different from, you know, her to Soraya to, mm. you know, to... Really? Is it Soraya or Soraya? Soraya. Soraya. I, like, told myself it was one, and then in telling myself it was that, I told myself it wasn't the other, and then they got switched somehow. Soraya. Mm -hmm. I haven't found that character to be that different from any other members of the outcast. Now she is so totally her own thing. I really like it. Uh, currently, it's a, it's like mid-card comedy act for me mm -hmm. but i think that's that's just because i need to see it in a bigger program with sure. a story in a match she's not really had much of a match no, really no. like the all-in deal was kind of the only one but it's difficult to get over some of those things in a four-way yeah and i also freaking hated the finish it all out oh, uh the hangman yeah. page promo came next hangman's out there with tony shivani they talk about how the uh chicago and just uh Education in general is underfunded. <laughs> well, yes, also that. Praise be to teachers everywhere. Be a good teacher. Pay teachers. Hell yeah. Got a lot of friends and family that are teachers. Pay them more. You're underappreciated. Hangman, of course, used to be a teacher. Yeah. So he's got he's got like a real it was a real like proper working man babe like baby face promo. And it just comes across as so genuine that I was yeah. like, Yes, hangman page. This is this is who you are. This mm -hmm. is your character, um, and then he he says he doesn't want to talk about the past. And I thought, thank God, because I when they announced Hangman Page will have a segment mm -hmm. going into this show, I was it's not in Hangman Page's sort of character. I can see like real life character I'm talking about to go and do a shoot promo all of a sudden. Sure, but I was so worried that he would do some kind of insider. Being the elite referency punk monstrosity, so I was a bit on edge. So when he said that, and then Swerve Strickland came out to interrupt, I was like, "Oh, thank God, thank God, we're, we're moving past it." I am so excited for this. And every once in a while in AEW shows, typically after either pay per views or big specials or whatnot, you will see a bunch of feuds set up. In the in just the next chapter, this is the direction we're going. 
And it kind of makes for surprise pops for just people on yeah, the roster. Yeah. You know, like the first time that, that Jericho's music hit when Ricky Starks was done with MJF last year, everybody was like, well, hey, that's new. That's mm. different. Little I, did we know. Little did we know. We got the same thing here where Swerve's music hit. And I felt like a bunch of people all went, ooh, yeah. that's fun. And sure enough, I thought this promo segment was excellent. And I cannot wait for this match. It's like every end of a pay-per-view gives you a, a soft reset period where you can take someone who's just been doing something else, providing they're in the right sort of level of overness with the crowd. Mm -hmm. Boom, saw him in here. Swerve comes out, and I guess in kayfabe, he's been in a coffin for two weeks. I feel like that was said in jest, just because we haven't seen him since then, but... Even if it was said in jest... He had the disposition of a man who had been in a coffin <laughs> for two weeks. He was talking quietly. He wasn't really raising his voice. He, it, was, it was almost not monotone, but it was very, very somber the way he was talking. Felt more in line with your Jake the Snake or I was just gonna say OA Jericho Snake. sort of promo delivery, which is not what I think of when I think of Swerve. It's whose house? Mm -hmm. It's call and response stuff, even as a heel. But he was so well performed. And the motivation here was he was in that coffin for two weeks. Gives you time to think. And he thinks about all the opportunities Hangman Page has had. Mm -hmm. And it's a compelling case. Mm -hmm. You know, you were handpicked from the start as those, that poster of the four people who all ended up being the champions. You had the elite. You just got um, a big fancy contract. Looks like you've been enjoying it, sort of making a, a reference to Hangman Page being out of shape. Yet, you haven't had a singles match for ages. You just let the elite do all the driving. You haven't got any merch. If I had had the same opportunities you had had, I would be the first AEW, black AEW world champion. Mm -hmm. I was like, that is such a good heel motivation. Mm -hmm. Just seeing someone. I love <sighs> the I love the character trait of complacency in mm. stories and how that affects both the character who may be complacent but also how other people may view them mm -hmm. and when it is a good guy who is facing that trait and seeing someone come in from outside who is a bad guy and being able to be like oh, are you necessarily wrong because like yeah that might be might be untrue in how Hangman Page sees himself and everything, but seeing it from the outside, like the heel doesn't have to be right. Yeah. He just needs to be able to believe that he's right. So all this really worked for me. I think that this was the biggest amount of star power Swerve has ever exuded, and I think he has been a big old mm -hmm. star for a long time. Seeing them in the ring together, I was just like, Oh, you guys are on the same tier right now. They yeah. have worked Swerve up the card, and he might not win a lot of the big matches. Like, he didn't win the coffin match. He hasn't won matches on pay-per-view this year or anything like that. But I believe that he is a an emerging main event star. Mm -hmm. And putting him against Hangman Page who has been a main event star, maybe hasn't been in the main events of you know shows as a single star this year, I totally buy them together. I really love this. And I love this from Swerve's point of view, getting to just do something new. I also really love it from Hangman's point of view because I, at some point, had to just kind of like give up on the idea of this elite verse 
continuing mm-hmm. on. I was really ready for them to take the next step into, you know, Hangman slipping back into his old ways mm-hmm. when he had the beer outside the hospital yeah, yeah. and things where now that he's back with the elite, you know, some of the, the anxieties and everything that he has had are starting to creep back in. Maybe this friend group really is toxic. Maybe it does have a bad effect on him. And then they just kind of drop that, and that doesn't seem like something they're going to pick up again. The Dark Order integration never really worked this time around with them as heels. So if that's not going to work, okay, let's have the the, the the elite be on the same page with, with each other, but let's have them all do their own thing. Yeah, Kenny's yeah. over here doing his own thing. Hangman's over here doing his own thing. And it gives them so many more options to do when they don't have to be per- like perfectly integrated with one another. I think we will still get the the anxiety, the sort of self-sabotaging mm-hmm. of Hangman here. Because... In Swerve's mind, he's coming on. He's coming this way up, and Hangman's on the way down the card, mm-hmm. and he's going to beat Hangman to take his spot. Now he said that to Hangman. The way Hangman is, he's not going to go. What are you talking about? I'm the best. I'm the best in the world. That's going to get right into his head. Sure. And go, well, I haven't had that great a year. I didn't. You know, I was on the pre-show for All Out, and then yeah, back comes the drinking. Back comes all the old demons. There's a really good story you can tell. And either Swerve beats him, oh my God, and Hangman goes further down that spiral, Mm -hmm. which is very, well, not fun's the wrong word, but... An interesting direction for his character. Or Hangman wins, and it sets him up for a feud against MJF, I feel. MJF and Hangman Page is a match that was on MJF's Mm. list that we haven't gotten Uh to yet. Uh, so Hangman walks away. He's like, I can't deal with this crap. And Swerve says, oh, look, you're walking away. Something like walking away from responsibilities again. Your wife and child will be so proud. Yeah. Hangman's like, nah, mate. Runs back in and Brian Cage blind signs him. Uh, they beat him down. And that sets up Brian Cage versus Hangman Page three next week. They've got great chemistry in the ring. Absolutely. A rematch of one of the most underrated matches in AEW history. <laughs> a double or nothing 2021. Like, that match was awesome. Absolutely awesome. I can't wait to see it. And the main event was Darby Allen versus Nick Wayne. Uh, this was a... There was a lot going on in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say it was overbooked. I feel like it was booked. Mm-hmm. It was the right level of booked. Not underbooked, not overbooked. For a, for a main event match, yeah. you can add a little bit of extra sauce onto it. So Darby and Nick Wayne are, of course, that's a mentor, a mentory relationship. And they're telling the story that neither one really wants to hurt the other. Mm-hmm. But Darby keeps telling Nick, no, you've got to hurt me. Mm-hmm. Darby, of course, hurts himself early on. That is his way. Holy God, does he ever. <laughs> he went crazy in the office when you watched it. I've seen Darby Allen wipe out on a suicide dive more times than I would like to count <laughs> at this point. And it will never not make me cringe. This was an especially rough looking mm-hmm. one. Just goes for a suicide dive and Nick Wayne gets out of the way and his suicide dive, he rolls through, slams right into the guardrail. And Mm. I thought he was deceased. So Nick Wayne's there like, oh my God, this is my, you know, this guy has sort of taken me under his wing for 10 years or whatever. So Nick Wayne gets in the ring. He lets like the the medics see to him and Darby gives enough time to recover and he shakes Nick's hand. Like, thank you for letting that happen. A bit later on, they get into a, a fist thrown exchange and Darby stops it, grabs the mic and says, you hit me like an 18 year old boy. 
hit me like you want to win this match. Mm -hmm. Fires both sides up. They start going for it. And then it's actually Darby who has second thoughts. He's getting up to do the coffin drop on Nick Wayne, thinks otherwise, gets down, he's conflicted. But then in the end, he does find quite a murderous intent. He sure does. I think the coffin drop would have been a safer option. Nick Wayne had the medical tape on mm -hmm. his shoulders. Darby yanks his arms up and back and then just, was it el was elbows to the face or was it knees? I think he like, I think it was a bit of both. Like he he pressed his shoulder blades together, like butter, kind of butterflied mm. his arms, brought them all the way back and then just started like stomping on his head and like elbowing him and kneeing him, just a bunch of strikes until he was like, okay, uncle, I give, yeah. please stop. Yeah, a submission. Yeah. Not the not the nicest way to beat your mentory. That's like sort of heart's dungeon. Heart, heart's dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> the heart family dungeon. Dungeon. Um, so yeah, Darby went full brutal there. So uh, character-wise, I don't know, was that Darby realizing he, Nick's got a lot to learn? Is I think it could be looked at as like a tough love thing. I think you could justify it in a bunch of different uh -huh. ways. Like Darby lost control. He he was seeing red. He just had he wanted to win the match. He maybe he saw Christian up there and and whatnot. Mm. Or I think it could just be like, hey, you're not hitting me hard enough. I gotta teach you a lesson. Like this is the big leagues now, and you gotta really try. Blackpool Combat Club's over there. That's their deal. Ooh. I liked it though. <clears throat> I liked it a lot. Christian came out sort of before the last ad break and sat there on commentary just doing great Christian stuff and posed there with the TNT title. And you also got Roddy in the kingdom watching from the back. So even though we've got this match with a very close personal relationship story, it's also in a tournament. Mm -hmm. and then we've got Roddy who would face the winner in that tournament. And you've got Christian and Luchasaurus who are still kind of feuding with Darby over the TNT title. Just a wonderful mess of, well, mesh, yeah. I should say of all these storylines and wrestlers. There were a lot of different running threads on mm. this show that all of a sudden started being tied together. Because again, this one ties in with Roddy, which ties in with Adam Cole, which yeah. ties in with MJF, which ties into Samoa Joe. There's a lot of people on this show this week that their storylines just meshed <laughs> very fluidly. This didn't feel like things getting shoehorned together. No. This felt like a very cohesive show. And then also, looking forward to next week, Darby's advanced there. Darby has just shown some next-level brutality against someone he likes. He's going to face Roderick Strong with the bad neck next week. But Darby's got a really bad back. Mm -hmm. What does Roddy do? He targets backs. He's the messiah of the backbreaker. So now you've got an injured back, but the wrestler just beat someone by, you know, elbow and knee in their head-slash-neck area. And Roddy Strong, a wrestler who's got a bad neck but likes hurting backs. And then MJF's got a bad neck. God, I love wrestling. Oh, so neat. Yeah. So neat. It gives you so many more things to think about and yeah. get excited about and theorize about, which is what I've always loved most about AEW is when you do get to just theorize and mm. fantasy book and be like, oh, I hadn't even realized that. That's cool. Yeah. There's another layer to it. I thought this was one of the best dynamites of the year. Wow. Okay. I, I've got like my best dynamites. And what I feel like for this, this was like one of my best solid dynamites. Mm -hmm. This is just like what a really, really high quality 
average show is. So that's why I gave it 84%. Mm. Even still, like, that's an A. Yeah, yeah, that's over four out of five. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I, I really, really enjoyed this show. Before we get on with your Omega Chats, we've got some Patreon shout-outs to do, but like I said earlier, I, I'm not logged into the right <laughs> account to see it. Well, in that case... Oh, hang on. I know what we do here. Nope, that doesn't work. Never mind. This stream deck needs work. <laughs> in that case, a big shout-out to the eco-warrior, Brian. Yeah. Chris Hellfire Brimstone. Yeah. Infinite Crisis, Chris Jenkins. Yeah. Chris the Cypriot Sensation, Petru. Yeah. The Turtleneck Tyrant, Christian Cooper. Yeah. All-Star, Chuck Turner. Yeah. Cody the Terminator, Moody. Yeah. The Mayor of Painesville, Dan. Yeah. Hi, Dan. Daniel, Sweet Mexican Chocolate, Ibarra. Yeah. Gonna have to take this for this one. A tall, handsome guy who has goals in life, Delonta Blame. Yeah. Dr. Hook, Nolan Evans. Yeah. And all ego, Ethan Wiley. Yeah. Thank you, Thank very, you very much. much to all of our $25 and above pledge hammers. You can get your own custom wrestling nickname right out on a show just like this by going over to patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk. Get that today. And also, ding, 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 this will be the final call for our Ultra Chat. So make sure Omega you go chats. over, uh, well, it's final call. So if you haven't already, this is your final call to get your Omega Chats read out. That being at WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out all the ones that are five US dollars and above. That being said, let's get into the rest of them here. James Zimmerman says, well, well, what have we got here? A five out of five show setting up all new feuds. Reasons to watch Rampage because the other half of this tournament, AEW is the best. Yeah, I said it. Come at me, bro. <laughs> God, I just love wrestling. Chin up, tits out, and watch for the shoe. I can't tell you how many times I heard that today. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, Ahadi says, when Swerve's music hit during the Hangman promo, I was like, yes! Almost did the Nana dance. I love his dance, by yeah. the way. He's very, very good. Uh, Kid Cuddy says, this show was okay, but there's all, but there's a lot of people who need to take off, uh, take some time off, in my opinion. Mox, Orange Cassidy, and especially Daddy Darby could all use a break from TV for a while. They seemed overexposed right now, and I can't get excited for another start-stop push for Swerve. Well, I think that's the difference, is I don't mm. think this is going to be start-stop. I think this is... Okay, you've had your, your Nick Wayne getting off yeah. the ground feud in the summer... Now it's time to actually push this guy and elevate him. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he beats Hangman. Mm. And, and with Cassidy and Moxon now, I think you've, that they're one of the hottest things in the company right mm -hmm. now. You've got to keep going with them week after week. I mean, I think most of the names that got mentioned here are like the best TV performers yeah. in the company as well. Like They're the ones that make you know, AEW TV so good. Uh, but Kid Cudi also goes on to say, looking at this tournament, do wins and losses matter in AEW anymore? No, not really. Mm. Uh, and what are the rules of a tag match? Are they mostly tornadoes? Seems like I see more crowded rings and double pin moves with the ref just like, whatever, LOL, anyway, much love to you. Oh, it's the same in WWE. Yeah, it's Always just Always breaks down. It's, yeah. it's on every wrestling show. Matches 
break down. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where I, I was annoyed about it for like the first few Dynamites back in 2019 and then just went, okay, this is just mm-hmm. how it is, and then got over it. Uh, Fox Jernan has been a member for six months in a row. Saying, imagine if we get Christian and Joe as a tag team. Could even slot uh, Jack Perry back in there as the adopted son neither want. But his mom is hot, so he's okay. <laughs> I've been saying for a while I think Jack Perry ends up back with Christian. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so those too. three are better to get. Well, I say those three. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus uh, are better together than apart, in yeah. my opinion. And I think them together as a heel trio would be very fun. Uh, S. Morgan says, calling it now, they are uh, Roddy Strong next feud will be with Hangman so that he can keep doing his Adam thing. <laughs> That's actually quite good. I wouldn't be surprised if That's they did fun. something with That's that. Good, yeah. Uh, Bizarro Big L says, hey, fellas, SRS brought up an interesting matchup last night that happened 25 years ago that might play into the Christian and Nick Wayne situation. Buddy Wayne had a match on WWF in 1998 against Edge. Adam Copeland coming in heel to AEW confirmed. I was thinking about the Edge stuff uh, because, you know, the collision might need a bit of a bump. Mm -hmm. A few more stars. Yeah. Get Goldberg and Edge. <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious. Yeah, I mean, sure, why not? Right? Bring bring Goldberg in. Have him face Powerhouse Hobbs yeah. and Miro and some big meaty man matches. Yeah, why not? I don't uh, that's very fun, though. I don't think you'd use Edge if you brought him in for a Nick Wayne Christian feud, though. No, probably not. But it depends on how long he would be there mm. and how many matches he would do. I could see like a Darby and Nick Wayne against Edge and Christian match. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah that's if, a good if, point. If he's coming in to be put with Christian and that's still what's going on at the time, I could see it at least being a promo and a match. Mm. Uh, Power Packer 90 says, this felt like it was the old AEW I fell in love with in 2019. I hope they can continue to grow from this new post-punk era. MJF uh, recon his own lore into NXT. (laughs) I think it's retcon his own lore into NXT canon. That's just brilliant. Also, Tempest, let's own the Bears this Sunday. Go Pack Go. That's America. Fubo! Fubo! Was it Hand Egg? Yeah, Hand Egg. Hand Egg. We're having a Hand Egg Cup in the... in in the office it seems uh yeah go pack go i'm not confident in the boys this year but (laughs) let's see it uh connor says sorry to go off topic from AEW, but i wanted to give a quick appreciation post for everything you guys do keep up the amazing work also it was lovely meeting some of the wrestle talk gang at hustle wrestling (gasps) earlier this week jam that jam jam that jam to you as well i had a great time at hustle who was it it Uh, it's from connor oh what a show it was absolutely it we're was, gonna be there every month from now on uh, i the next show is on my birthday october yeah well, i wouldn't say it. well yeah okay. it's october 10th <laughs> it's my birthday you can look it up it's fine i think it'd be a really fun little thing to do mm. on the evening of my birthday is yeah. go to a really fun well-produced indie show they might if they know they might do a thing for you oh yeah is it like at a restaurant where the whole <laughs> roster yeah. comes out singing songs with sparklers and this stuff? guy who supported us for about a month. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, make sure you check out Hustle Wrestling. It's a great time. Uh, Bizarro Big L has said, don't worry, Ollie. It will be okay. Only thing you have to be concerned about uh, being a disciple of Voldemort is your nose falling off or sprouting a second face. After Luchasaurus current feud, who would you guys book in a meat slapping meat match for the next shot? <sighs> well, Miro, surely. Yeah. Uh, he, he beat Hobbs. Yeah. 
Seems logical. Mero yeah. Luchasaurus for the TNT title. It would be interesting to get the TNT title aspect of this away from the Darby and Nick, uh, yeah. Nick Allen. Darby Allen and Nick Wayne stuff first. But yeah, I think Miro is probably the logical next step. Uh, Rob Steedley has been a member for 15 months in a row. Saying MJF is a great sell. His screams mm. uh, as he exited the ring were heart-wrenching. Yeah. Will they go back and blame Adam for the neck injury when they split? Maybe. It's, it's just another little potential, uh, what do you call it? Smoking gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, I mean, the rivalry is full of them. Yeah. You could point the direction in any which way you wanted and it would work. It's one of the reasons I think this storyline's mm. so great. And Will Campbell has said, I, one, I cannot wait for Joe versus MJF. If it's a Grand Slam, I'm going to be there. Two, this is my favorite uh, acting bit from Roddy since Undisputed Era did the whole thing in NXT with Roddy being afraid of being shut in a trunk of a car. Three, Tony's new gimmick is an absolute fave. I would rather not think about that time period in uh, uh, NXT with Dexter Loomis being yeah. a ghost. So ridiculous. And with that being said, that brings us to the end of our Omega Chats. Let's check the final poll very quickly. I think it's going to be a thumbs up, but... 88% thumbs up, 9% mid, 3% down. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, they're they're all around that now. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, thank you very much, everyone who joined us today, and thanks for all your wonderful Omega chats. Please go over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk, where you can get loads more exclusive chatty content over there, and go and check out the WrestleTalk news from earlier today, where the lead story for a change wasn't CM Punk. Wow! Oh, Imagine something that. Something from NXT. But for now, I've been Ollie Davis. This has been Tempest. Jam and jam. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.